That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch-and-shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. The Jazz win over the Cavaliers, one twenty six to one thirteen. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Let's check out your sharp stats of the game. Brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner tonight. Ben, the Jazz shot almost fifty seven percent from the field, forty seven of eighty three. They were twenty of forty one from three, uh, close to forty nine percent. They were led by Boyan Bogdanovich, who had twenty eight points, seven rebounds, and. Six Six assists. Uh, Donovan Mitchell tonight, 19 points, nine boards, four assists. Nice all-around game from Donovan. Royce O'Neal with 12 points, four of six. All his points coming on threes. He had seven boards and three assists to go along with that as well. Mike Conley, six of 12, 15 points, six assists. And Jordan Clarkson had 13 points coming in off the bench. As far as uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers go, Colin Sexton led the way with 32 points. Kevin Love added 22. Uh, but what did you think about Mike Conley's game? tonight. Uh, Benny got in a little foul trouble early, uh, but uh, I thought he played all right. Yeah, I thought he was good tonight. I thought he was very steady, and that's what you want from him. You just can't him turning the ball over and, and feeling like he's not getting a real opportunity to find his rhythm, because when he gets in a rhythm, he can really kind of play traditional point guard, and, and I know that we're going increasingly positionless in the NBA, but there is very clearly still room for a guy who's a good ball handler, who can maintain a rhythm, maintain a certain pace to the game that your team is comfortable playing in, and then finding open shooters and, you know, when when the shooters aren't open, attacking off uh, in isolation and getting to the basket. And I thought Mike Conley did that a couple of times. And then actually hit some really important shots, I thought, for the Jazz at the end of the first half and at the end of the third quarter. Buzzer beaters on both of them. He hit threes that built the Jazz leads back up to double digits. That, or I guess it pushed a five-point lead to eight at the end of the uh, first half and then put, I think, an eight-point lead up to 11 yeah. at the end of the third quarter. I thought those were both important shots. 15 total turnovers for the Jazz tonight. You mentioned Conley's uh, not turning the ball over. Zero for him, so absolutely uh, taking care of the ball. No turnovers uh, for Royce O'Neal either. Donovan had four turnovers to go along with his four assists, but I, you know, Ben, we're just not going to see this Jazz team, um, at least we haven't seen it uh, thus far this year. I mean, they're just not going to be a low turnover team. It's just not going to happen. No, it's not, it's not going to be the case this year, and, and it's, it's unfortunate because you look at what they did, you know, the Cavaliers had, what, six total turnovers? Jazz had 15, I and mean, that's 10 possessions you're giving away. Now, I understand the Jazz say, well, we can get that back by you know, forcing them into bad shots and then trying to win the rebounding battle. And the Jazz tonight had 47 rebounds and the Cavaliers had only 36. So that makes sense. I mean, those numbers certainly add up if you're talking about evening out possessions, but turning the ball over a lot, it's just it's painful because it, it so often just leads to easy points going the other direction. Well, you mentioned the rebounds. Let's go ahead and do the Master of the Glass tonight. Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, a local vehicle glass expert. Proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader, with all proceeds going to benefit the neighborhood house. Uh, tonight, two Masters 
of the glass. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert uh, both had nine rebounds apiece. But as uh, you pointed out, Ben, uh, overall forty-seven to thirty-six in the in the rebound battle. So the Jazz doing a nice job on the boards. Not just Rudy, but Donovan had nine. Royce with seven. Bogdanovich uh, with seven. Um, the Tony Bradley had six coming off the bench in only fourteen minutes. So the Jazz really rebounding the ball well. Yeah, and that's a uh, that's something you got to do, especially against a team like the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers who. Are a decent shooting team, but uh, aren't great. And actually, we're pretty good attacking the offensive glass, I thought, tonight watching the Cavs. So the Jazz getting out and having some success there was was really important. You had to figure out a way to get some of those extra possessions. And, you know, getting out hustled on the glass by some teams recently has been a problem for the Jazz, especially against Houston, who's so small. They were just beating the Jazz to rebounds, quick, more, more getting there more quickly, not necessarily being bigger. And you, you can't do that. You can't give those up, especially when you're going to not commit to playing small. And the Jazz aren't committing to playing small. They're not doing that because they like to have Gobert on the floor. So you got to win rebounds at that point. Yeah, and I think uh, some of these guys are doing a good job maximi- maximizing their rebounding ability. I mean, th- throughout this year, Ben, they've relied so much on Rudy Gobert to rebound the basketball. But Royce O'Neal has been a sneaky good rebounder. I mean, nine might be a little bit of an extreme, but if you can get some good rebounds out of Donovan Mitchell, I mean, that goes a long way. And it's probably one of the underrated parts of moving Royce O'Neal back into the starting lineup was getting another rebounder out there. In addition to him being a pretty good perimeter defensive player, he helps you uh, prevent uh, giving up uh, second chance points, and that was important for the Jazz. He does the stuff nobody else wants to yep. do, man. There's a lot of value there. Um, real quick, I was just going to update the uh, the Knicks score. They did hold on to beat the Rockets. Oh, good. 125 123. The Knicks, of course, the Jazz next opponent, and Houston has been red hot. So that's a that's certainly a surprise. All right, let's throw things back to Cleveland, where Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder is addressing the media on the glass tonight. What stood out to you about the way you guys won this one? Well, I think we've talked a lot about you know spacing, playing with the pass, and um, it was good to see us try to get out in transition and a lot of the. You know, a lot of the passing was for catch-and-shoot threes, and I thought we did a good job attacking the rim to generate some of that, too. You mentioned a couple days ago that you weren't worried about Boyan at all. Um, two consecutive good nights. Uh, what can you say about his performance? I'm not worried about him. <laughs> I mean, I, I really, the thing, the thing about his performance tonight was, first of all, he passed the ball early. Um, I don't know if he had three or four assists in the first quarter. And the other thing is he really worked. I mean, his post-defense, you know, there was possessions where he, he fronted love, he got around him, he went to the other side. I mean, he, he really competed um, defensively. So um, those two things, you know, we've talked about you throw yourself into the game and, you know, your shot just comes. It's because he can shoot. Seemed like key spots. The defense was similar to to where we what we've all been kind of used to, especially when the Jazz. I mean, when the Cavs went up 47-41. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess th- th- there's a tendency to kind of speak in superlatives, and then we're not good, and then we're good, and it's what we're used to, and we're not used to, and we just have to stay steady, you know. And, and to your point, um, there were some really good possessions, and then. You know, we had some letdowns, and you know those are what you're just trying to shrink those and shrink those. And you know, our guys know it's important, and the question is going out and executing. And obviously, if you don't do that a couple games in a row, it shows up on the scoreboard, um, and that's you know even more incentive. But I, I think the main thing is our focus has to be on those things. Um, and that, that's we need everybody guarding and running back. And I thought our defensive rebounding tonight was really good. Aside from that spot in the first quarter where you guys were missing a few open looks, turning over a little bit, and then mm-hmm. that 
dry spell early in the second. It seemed like the offense was really kind of functioning at a level more efficiently than we've we've seen in a while. How did you feel about uh, the overall performance there? Um, I, I, you know, we played together. I I thought we did a better job of handling um, the switching, especially with Joe and and Boyan in the five. Um, So, you know, we'll go back and it's hard to analyze every three-minute stretch. Um, like I said, there was there was good waves. I thought you know their bench played much better in the second half. Um, we struggled a little bit in the first half, and uh, you know that there's going to be runs, and I think that, that just like there's going to be games and there's going to be quarters, and it's how you respond to it. So I was happy with you know offensively the way that we were really committed to moving the ball. Donovan, I think, didn't score until. Yeah, the last two, three minutes of the first half, mm-hmm. but moving the ball, finding Mike on a couple of three points. Yeah. Uh, what can you say about his impact when, even when he's not scoring? Yeah, well, I mean, all of us, if, you know, I know you may get tired of hearing it, but if we can defend, the, those things happen. And we've got an unselfish team, you know, and guys are looking for each other. Um, Mike's getting some shots off the ball, too, as he gets more comfortable, and guys can look for him. And so everybody's kind of finding what they do within the flow of the game. And, uh, you know, that's what we want to gravitate to. I think when we're playing well, um, that's who we are. Would it be fair to kind of categorize this as it seemed like each individual player was kind of returning to what they do best, and there's still some lapses mm. when it's like and connected togetherness maybe on the defensive end, but it's yeah. progressing in that way? Well, yeah, I guess every time we kind of talk about having arrived in some way, and I just don't think that's hopefully never the case because that means we have a chance to to continue to get better. But we definitely, <clears throat> you could feel um, a flow to the game and a connectivity, and I think that um, that ability to play off each other is something that you have to focus on as well. And so when we have, you know, there's good ISO situations, and then there's other ones that aren't so good, and some of it depends on who you're going against. Some of it depends on spacing. Some of it depends on the shot clock. And, you know, I, th- I think there was a collective awareness about some of the things we wanted to do, and we really helped each other. And that's the main thing. You just if you can do something for somebody else. It usually turns out pretty good. All right, that was Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder after his team beat the Cavaliers 126-113. to And uh, Quinn still harps on that defense, but certainly sounds like he's in a better place than he was a couple of games ago. Yeah, certainly uh, nice to get that victory for the Jazz. And and I thought what Sarah asked, Sarah Todd there from Desert News, that was the female voice you heard late. Uh, I think it was a good question. I think if you watch the game, it's what you saw. Everyone kind of looked like themselves tonight. You know, Rudy Gobert was getting easy dunks and then had a really nice stretch where he had like three blocks and two possessions. I mean, we really played good defense for a while. Boyan was great. Uh, Donovan Mitchell was hitting threes and then attacking off the off the dribble and, and dunking the ball. And Mike Conley was solid. And Joe Ingles was you know racking up assists and hitting open threes. And George Yang was hitting threes. Royce O'Neal was hitting threes and playing good defense. Every player on the Jazz looked like they had or what their good reputation is tonight. And that's really important. They've got to get back to playing that way because that means they are playing together. They're never going to be this perfect machine that never turns the ball over and, and only gets wide open shots like the Golden State Warriors, but they should be able to look like themselves right. if they're playing right. 
All right, when the Jazz win, you win. The day after every Jazz win, Homer away, Little Caesars is giving you free pizza. Order one customer on multi-topping pizza through the Little Caesars app, and you will receive a free large extra most bestest pepperoni pizza using the promo code UTAHJAZZ, all one word. Valid at all participating Utah Little Caesars locations, mobile orders only. Want to remind you, go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final tonight, Jazz beat the Cavs. 126 to 113. More sound from the locker room. More breakdown as well coming up next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson, the Jazz victorious tonight over the Cleveland Cavaliers, one twenty six to one thirteen. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Let's take a quick look at your points in the paint. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call one eight hundred go Serta or visit SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. Tonight's uh, points in the paint. Uh, Jazz outscored Cleveland forty eight to forty four, and uh, Rudy Gobert was good tonight. Eight of nine, obviously. He's terrific. 20 points to go along with nine boards. He had five block shots. But I'll tell you this, it didn't seem like they were forcing the ball to Rudy. We talked about that a little bit in the pregame. He had an advantage in his matchup, but it didn't seem like the Jazz were trying to force him the ball like it's felt like they have uh, the past few games. And a lot of the forcing is, you know, blowing lobs or throwing bad lobs to Rudy Gobert. And I think maybe the the key offender in that situation has been Boyan Bogdanovich. And he actually found Rudy, I thought, for some really nice lobs, including, uh, you know, not a lob, but the the nut Meg pass between uh, Chetty Osmond's legs to give Rudy that dunk, that would be a huge development for the Jazz. You know, if there's one skill set you could maybe find or, or one thing you could add to this Jazz offense to get it really clicking, was if, if Gobert and, and Boyan Bogdanovich could find a way to run kind of that four or five pick and roll or just have that big man combination where yeah. you can run just some like silly high low stuff that they haven't been able to run that much of, they would be a much better team. And, you know, you can think back to how good Andrew Bynum and Pau Gasol were at that. You remember on those championship teams with Kobe Bryant where those two guys could beat you with their passing? Boyan clearly has an ability to pass. He doesn't pass a lot, but he clearly kind of has a, a nice feel for it when he decides to do it. And tonight he finished with, what, six assists? Yep. That's a really good number, and, and a lot of those were to Rudy Gobert. And then when they know Rudy Gobert is going to get that pass from him, that means somebody on the weak side has to leave a three-point shooter to go and double down. And that opens up Joe Ingles or Royce O'Neal or Mike Conley or Donovan Mitchell on the other side of the floor. And and Boyan can find those guys, too, because he's six foot nine. So that type of wrinkle is really big and if he can build some confidence off of this and find some rhythm with Rudy Gobert that would be certainly helpful let's check out the assist feature proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller dealerships throughout the Utah Jazz season Larry H. Miller dealerships donating $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller charities we are driven by you Jazz and I had 30 assists which is just a great number for them on 47 made field goals we mentioned Bogdanovich is 6 uh, the team uh, leader actually was Joe Ingles with 8 Mike Conley had 6 um, Donovan Mitchell had four tonight. Uh, Royce O'Neal had three. So everybody getting into the act a little bit when it comes to uh, assists tonight, except for Jordan Clarkson, who had zero. Yeah, he did his job, though. <laughs> 
He was a, he was trying to put on a show for the team that traded him. At 13 points, 5 and of 10 shooting, you know, he'll take it. Yeah, he had some moments. He, he didn't need to go off for 30 tonight. You know, the Jazz didn't need that from any one player tonight. It was nice that Boyan stepped up and did it, but you didn't need Jordan Clarkson to take over. And you know what I like about Jordan Clarkson? As much as it was goofy, I mean, the, the game he had against the Wizards was crazy. I've never seen a player call his own number that many times in one game. He <laughs> took some insane shots, and he was still really good. Right. And I think he was plus 23 at the end of the game, and Quinn Snyder didn't pull him aside and yell at him. But clearly, the game plan was, you go out there and you shoot every shot, because right now it's our best option. Right. And he, he was very successful doing it. Uh, and then tonight, he came back and he said, you know what? That was what they needed against Washington. They don't need that against the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't need to come out and prove that they made a mistake. My ego is not that big. Ten shots, five makes, 13 points. Perfect. It's exactly what you want from your bench. I'm sure Jordan got it when he was traded from Cleveland. I mean, just look at where they are as a franchise. Yep. I mean, they really had no need for him. All right, let's go back to Cleveland. Uh, Mike Conley is uh, in the locker room. Uh, I think, you know, guys just, you know, being forceful with the ball, getting into the paint, not looking just to score, but to make plays for each other. And uh, all season long, when we do it, it's contagious. And uh, it's, it's just fun to, you know, be out there when we're playing like that. So um, guys just started rolling from the beginning. And, uh, you know, it was a fun night. Look at like Bogey, what he did tonight. You know, I know he said he wants to put a lot of this on his back and, and put the pressure on his shoulders. But just to see him come out and be able to kind of get it done on all ends of the floor, even on the glass tonight. Yeah, he was he was phenomenal. I think uh, even bigger, you know, defensively, um, Kevin Love and the position he had to play tonight and. Um, the coverage he had to call that he wasn't you know, necessarily familiar with, he did a great job with, and um, I think it just led to his offensive, you know, output. You know, the way he played defensively just, you know, got him going. Been talking to Don, he said there's, you know, still a few things that you guys need to work on. Obviously, you could point to a few of the runs that the Cats made tonight. What do you think those two things are that maybe you still need to tighten up on right now? Well, I, th- I still think transition defense is key, is key for us. Um, I think that that is something that you can take away the easy baskets. And, and and get them in you know, any team in a half-court situation. Um, you know, we'll bet on our defense all day. You know, with the guys we have on this team. So if we can just you know get them, get them slowed down, and uh, and closing out, out possessions. Uh, you know, defensively, defensively rebounding and boxing out. Um, those, are, those are two big things. All right, that was Mike Conley, who was good tonight. Uh, 15 points, six assists, couple of rebounds. Uh, and Mike was right. He When he gets a chance to get into the paint and make some, some things happen for himself or his teammates, I mean, you know, that's where he's made his money all these years, and you can tell. Yeah, he, he really is good. He's a surprisingly good finisher for how – he's really small. He's a really small player. I don't I don't know if people recognize it if you haven't been close to him, how really, you know, unimposing he kind of is. You know, he's much smaller than Donovan Mitchell, and not just height-wise, his shoulders are considerably right. more narrow. Uh, so, And he obviously doesn't have the leaping ability that Donovan Mitchell has. So his ability to finish at the rim is a really nice tool, and his quickness and his, his knowledge of how to get the ball off at the rim is, is fantastic. He just has to get there. Right. And sometimes he doesn't get there. Uh, so nights like this when he's tricky with his dribble, has a really good rhythm, doesn't seem like the defender can quite figure out what his pace is going to be when he's attacking, he's a really good player, and, and I thought he was really great tonight. And the truth is, uh, you know, it still remains that if the Jazz are going to be the best they can possibly be, they have to have Mike Conley be good. 
and and it's true. And it's been a little bit more bumpy than I think a lot of us, me included, yep. uh, expected. And it's still you know far from perfect. But I mean, part of this with the the lineup and the starting lineup and the jumble there is you've got to figure out a way to make it work with him. And I we talked about this in the pregame. I think a lot of that hinges on Joe Ingles being able to be effective in a different type of role. And maybe Joe only took two shots tonight and he had five points, but he had eight assists, three rebounds, and, and made plays out there for his teammates. I mean, I, I don't think you need 20 points tonight from Joe, but you need him to play well in that reserve unit so Mike Conley has the freedom to play well in the starting unit. He can't give you nothing. And there are some nights when he gives you nothing, right? which is weird from Joe because he is so skilled because he is a five-tool player to make a baseball analogy. You know, he can dribble, he can score at the paint, he can shoot, he can certainly pass the ball, and he can actually play a little bit of defense. You know, when he's not doing any of those things, it's bizarre. And that can't just come from a lack of shots. You know, that shouldn't take away his ability to be a distributor or or play some defense. So those were were things that had been missing. It was good to see him. And actually, the last two games, he's been really good. He was good against the Wizards. Yeah, Yeah, you're totally right about that. And and against... a team like the Cavs, here's the thing. Joe needs to play the matchups to his advantage. The Cavs bench is awful. I mean, it is not good. Matthew Delavadova played 29 minutes. That's your best player coming off the bench. And he's only playing because Dante Exum's hurt. Yeah, right. Great he point. was out of the rotation. Yeah, great point. And wouldn't be playing at all even if Darius Garland was in the lineup. So, I mean, some of these guys that are playing shouldn't be on the floor. I mean, they were missing three starters tonight. Yep. Well, at least. I mean, it's certainly three of their top six guys, Darius Garland, Tristan Thompson, and Andre Drummond were all out of the game. So right. That's a bad that's So a that bad makes a, a bad bench worse. Yeah, that's true. But you know what? Maybe, you know, that's the advantage. We talked about Jordan Clarkson. He comes in and he has a matchup advantage because he's better than 99% of the bench players in this league. And I yep. think Joe Ingles can be something similar. Now, he's not going to be the scorer Jordan Clarkson is. He's not going to take that many shots. Maybe some folks out there wish he would. And I can listen to an argument for that. But it, it doesn't mean that he can't come in and really make his imprint on the game. And, and maybe you don't call it domination by any means, but Joe played really well tonight. And you're right, he played really well against Washington, and he's the one making the adjustment by going to the bench. So and I it's good. It's a, it's a good sign. Because those are coming off the bench. And you know what? Royce was really good tonight, too. So those are all things you need. It, it can't. Mike Conley moving to the starting lineup or moving to the bench can't only be focusing on what Mike Conley's numbers are, which is why there was this discussion in the first place. It's how is it affecting Joe Ingles? How is it affecting Royce O'Neal? You need those guys to play well regardless of what uh, of what Mike Conley is doing, and they both played really well tonight. All right, let's throw things back to Cleveland where Rudy Gobert is addressing the media. Ball and just your offensive production. It was great. You know, uh, that's, that's jazz basketball. That's the way we, we want to play, and uh, when we're able to do that for 48 minutes, it's very hard to go. I know it's been Joe's impersonation right now is amazing. <laughs> it's been a tough stretch, you know, with highs and lows, never too high, never too lows. But what allowed you guys to get back into playing that jazz way tonight? I think our defense is the key. Playing defense, the way we can play defense and keep keep getting better defensively. Offensively, we, we have a lot of weapons and we just have to share it. When we do that, you know, we, we're a very good team. Bogey's been taking a lot of this stretch personally, but how good was it to see him even coming back and on the defensive rebounds and closing it out? It's huge. It's huge. And when we all do the the little things that are going to help the team win, we we go from here to here. And if you want to win, we got to be from here to here. So we got to keep working, keep getting better as a team. And, uh, 
individually and collectively keep doing the little things for, for each other that is going to help us take the next step. Yeah, Donovan was saying you guys got to continue to get better and there's things to work on as you guys approach the next game. What in particular do you need to work on collectively? I think there's some situations where we don't communicate well enough, some situations where maybe we 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 lose our focus and we don't run back. You know, we, we didn't have a lot of them tonight, but we had a few that, that hurt us and that allowed them to stay in the game. So we have to clean this up and we're going to watch film and, and see what we can do better. That was Rudy Gobert after the Jazz beat the Cavs tonight, 126-113. to And uh, Rudy probably sounds like he's in a good mood because Rudy was really good tonight. 29 boards. Uh, he had five block shots, two steals, and assists. How about this? Rudy hadn't scored 20 points since January 30th. I mean, wow. I know, okay, so there's nine days in the middle where this is the All-Star break. Admit it, and he scored 20 at the All-Star game. So other than the All-Star game, he hadn't scored 20 points in a regular season game since January 30th. He hadn't had five blocks since January 25th. I mean, we, we have not been seeing this Jazz team do very traditional Jazz stuff. Royce O'Neal tonight had four threes. He hadn't made four threes since December 7th. Boyan Bogdanovich had five threes tonight. He hadn't had five threes since, uh, since February 1st. I mean, that was a month ago. So all these things that we're seeing from the Jazz are regaining their identity that they really had lost for all of February. It was this weird month where they weren't having these kind of funny spikes in play. And we talk so much about, you know, just because you have five guys on any given night can give you 30 points, and, you know, maybe it's not five, but six guys can give you 20 points. doesn't mean you're going to get 20 points from all six guys every night. But you need rotating high marks every night, which is one night Donovan's going to have 30, and the next it's going to be Boyan, and then either Joe's going to carry you by hitting five threes, or Royce is going to carry you by hitting five threes. The Jazz weren't really getting that a ton in February, and it's why February was such a rough month for the team, I thought. Now you're getting back to that, where one player has a huge spike in a game, because they can do that every fifth game, and if you get that in a good rhythm, you're just not going to lose a whole lot. want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback, available now. Mark Miller, Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Find out more at markmillersubaru.com. 126 to 113 is your final. We'll get you more sound from the locker room. We'll continue to break this one down as well. Coming up next, right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson, 126 to 113 is your final. The Jazz beat the Cavs. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Uh, let's get to your three point takeover brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. And we started off the show talking about this, Ben. This was probably the biggest factor in the victory tonight. Jazz go 20 of 41 from three. They shot 48.8%. Bogdanovich was 5 of 10. Royce O'Neill. 4 of 6. Donovan Mitchell 3 of 7. Uh, Jordan Clarkson 3 of 4 coming off the bench. Joe Ingles 1 of 2. George Niang 2 of 6. Mike Conley 2 of 6. And I, I'll tell you Ben, when they make 23s and, and 40 attempts you know, you got to try to keep those attempts up as well, but they're going to win a lot of basketball games doing is, that. Is that just who the Jazz are? I mean is, is that what we're going to say at the end of the season that if they can hit threes, they can beat Houston in the first round of a playoff series or a second round. You know, if you if you can hit 18 threes in a game, you're going to be competitive with anybody. You know, as long as you can get open shots and the Jazz are good enough to make those open shots, the Jazz are going to be competitive with everybody in the NBA. It's why they've almost beat the Bucks twice. They did beat the Bucks once and then almost beat them again in Milwaukee 
because they were red hot from three. And if you can do that, you can hang with anybody. And that was the design of this team in the offseason. It just may not be something we should lose sight of or forget about, that by the end of the year, they were designed to come in and be able to hang with teams by shooting threes. And that might be who they are 20 games from now. Well, in, in, to your point, in that losing streak, Ben, we were seeing them shoot in the 20s. 26 against the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I mean, it was just terrible. They just could not throw it in the ocean. And that was so strange because they are the percentage-wise the best shooting uh, three-point team in the NBA. And you just think if you can make close to 40% of your threes, which the Jazz are, what, 38 and a half? I mean, you got to get those attempts up. And certainly games in the 20s are going to be, you would think, few and far between. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, And, you know, hitting 23s, you might do that five times a year. You know, in all honesty, I don't know how many times they've done it this year. We can pull it up pretty quick. But that's a very nice number. That's the second most in franchise history. They've done it three times. Okay, so, you know, it's as good as they've done all year at that point. But 41 is a good number, and 41 is is not a crazy number. I mean, that just doesn't seem like one that they should struggle to get to all that often. Uh, Even even if it means forcing a couple of threes, I would rather force a couple of threes than force turnovers. Right. You know, and I know that rebounds are wacky, but even then, we know long rebounds kind of get – they feel like more like 50-50 balls than, you know, missing a layup. Missing a layup, it's an old adage, but missing a layup creates a layup on the other end. Basically right. every single time because one of your offensive players is under the rim and they're going to get, a, at worst, a five on four, if not better, going the other direction. Jazz uh, make, missing threes, I think, is even a good number. Uh, tonight, they well, actually, before tonight's game, the Jazz took 33.93s per game, so basically 34, which is actually 13th in the NBA. So getting to 43s, maybe not your average because there aren't that many games left, but getting to 43s, I mean, that's that's really only six more per game, and you're not even in the top 10 in the NBA in attempts anyway. So, I mean, that certainly feels realistic as long as they take the shots they're supposed to. I mean, and, and that's the whole point of Quinn Snyder's offense, right, is to generate those open shots. Jazz are 8-3 and three this year when they take 43s or more. Hmm. It's a really good number. Yeah. You know, and, and again, if it was that easy to just get to 40, you would do it every night. Clearly, the other team is trying to run you off those and, and make you think there's other better shots out there. But you look at the games or the teams that the Jazz have gotten 40 points or 43 point attempts. They did it against Houston twice. They've done it against the Pelicans, who I think probably end up in the playoffs. We know Dallas is going to the playoffs this year. Milwaukee's obviously the best team in the NBA. Uh, the Clippers uh, are, are a very good team. Jazz beat them on the road because they took 43s. Those are just those are things you have to look for. Those are things you have to generate. All right, let's throw things back to Cleveland where Donovan Mitchell is addressing the media. To get uh, into the paint, and we've got to get a lot of open looks out of that. As somebody who was moving the ball really well tonight, obviously yourself, but also, I mean, collectively you guys were a bit bogey with yeah. six early assists. Yeah, he was just making the right plays, you know, and I think that's that's the biggest thing, you know, him just continue to be aggressive, and that's not always score. Uh, for him, we just want to continue to be aggressive, you know, not not really overthink it, and tonight was with the pass. You know, some games it's scoring, but tonight he did a good job of both. You, know, you told me before that it's all about perspective and just one game at a time at this point on the road, but what do you like about what you guys did tonight, both offensively and defensively? We just came together. You know, We got stops. We pushed the ball. We pushed the pace. You know, We rebounded. Um, I think we have four guys, like seven, nine, seven, like in the rebound category. Um, so just continue, like I said, to find ways to improve. But, you know, at the end of the day, we got a, another game on Wednesday. You know, this is a good win, but we got a, we got a, we got a lot of work to do. Um, and I don't mean that in a negative way. We just got some work to do to continue to build and get to where we want. Well, at the same time, what does it say about this team that you can go scoreless until just right before halftime and this team is still competitive? Yeah, we're, we're persistent. You know, that's the biggest thing. Just persevere and just find ways to continue to, to grind, you know, 
know, I think, you know, they got hot early, you know, and they were hot throughout the game and they had stretches where they were pushing, pushing back and we just continued to, to stay with and stay the course. And that just shows who we are as a team. Yeah, for sure, uh, for sure. I think so. But at the end of the day, they had 113 points, and in the last game they had 118. Uh, so like I said, we still worked with them. You know, obviously, obviously, um, you know, we are, we're happy with the wins. But I think for us to to really get over that hump, where we really want to be. I think we got to be able to hold teams, you know, a little bit lower than that, and also be able to take care of the ball. I think I had four turnovers. We kind of turned the ball over a little bit, a little careless. So you know, that's really where our, our head is at. You know, we'll take the win for sure, but we got things we do for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a big, big step. You know, keep moving forward, and that just shows a lot of obviously what we've been through the past few games. That shows who we are as a team, and we're gonna fight for each other and sacrifice for each other. All right, that was Donovan Mitchell. And uh, Donovan tonight, 19 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. He did it on 7 of 15 shooting. He was 3 of 7 from uh, from 3. Uh, but brings up the defense once again. And, and Ben, uh, the defense not bad in the first half, holding uh, Cleveland to 51. But they gave up 62 points in the second half. And uh, not that the defense was horrendous tonight, but I'm guessing still not where they want it to be. No, it would have looked better. You know, I, I think what what's a good number now? You think 110 kind of feels like a good number? It's not 100 anymore. That's unrealistic to hold a team under right. 100. Holding a team under 110 is probably a pretty good number. And the Jazz were up, it was like 111 to 90 at some point, or, you know, not quite that big. But the Jazz certainly took their foot off the accelerator and Colin Sexton hit a couple of late threes to, to make the game look closer than it was. And, you know, it, it was 15, 16, 17, right around there for a stretch. And the Jazz clearly felt like they had the victory and stopped playing. They, If they wanted to, they could have kept Cleveland under that 110 number. It didn't matter at the end so much, but uh, it's improving. Like Donovan Mitchell said, you're trimming those from 130. What would the Suns have? 131. I mean, that's insane. Down to 118, now to 113, and you hope against the Knicks you can keep them to you know 108 or 110, and and that's success. That that's moving in the right direction. You know, one thing though uh, with the defense, Colin Sexton tonight, 32 points on 11 of 17 shooting. You would have liked to, in an ideal world, made it a little bit more difficult for him. I mean, 11 of 17 is an incredibly efficient 32 points. Yeah. Oh no, uh, Jake. Everything that has undone the Jazz, the formula to beat the Jazz over the last. Not just four games, but really probably the full month because they had that five-game losing streak, and everyone says, well, Mike D'Antoni going small broke the Jazz and kind of solved the Jazz-Rudy Gobert equation. It's have a big guy that can shoot and then have a perimeter scorer who can score. And, oh, you know, they can attack the rim. Colin Sexton is a perimeter scorer who can attack the rim, and Kevin Love had six made threes tonight. And that, that's a bad formula. And then the Jazz turned the ball over 15 times. If you had told me that had happened before the game, I might have thought this was a Jazz loss. Mm. But, again, when you make threes, everything else doesn't matter. And the Jazz made threes tonight. And they really played well. Everyone played well. Everyone had something, even just looking at the box score in their stat line, where you can say, hey, that was important. That was part of the reason the Jazz won. Everyone has to find something they can do to help you win. All right, we want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Uh, right now, excuse me, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. We'll get Ben's final thoughts on this one and look forward to the New York Knicks on Wednesday night. Coming up next, your final, the Jazz beat the Cavs tonight, 126-113, to 113, right here on the Jazz Radio Network.
Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The Jazz win. They beat the Cleveland Cavaliers 126-113 to tonight, their second consecutive win. Uh, we want to remind you about our friends at Credit Karma. Get your truly free credit scores and free credit monitoring from Credit Karma. Download the Credit Karma app today. Credit Karma, here's to progress. Uh, tonight, uh, Ben, we've talked about him a lot, but Boyan Bogdanovich, 10 of 19, 28 points, 5 of 10 from 3, uh, 7 rebounds and 6 assists. And I had a, a conversation with Gordon on the big show uh, at the other night when uh, Bogdanovich went one of eight, and Gordon comes from the the uh, the school of if you don't have it going, pass up shots. And yeah. my take on it was uh, Bogdanovich should never have just eight shots. Yeah, that should never happen. Yeah, he needs to be thirteen or more. In the At yeah. least he's far too important to this team. And maybe we thought that that was going to be Mike Conley, the kind of number two scorer on this team before the season. But it's Bogdanovich, and he's averaging twenty points a game. And if you think Gordon Hayward when he was uh, with the Jazz, he maxed out at what twenty one yeah. points per game yep. in that All Star year. So that should put into perspective exactly what Boyan is doing. So yeah, maybe he wasn't shooting the ball well for a couple of those games, but you never want to see something like eight, eight attempts. 19 attempts tonight for Bogdanovich and 10 threes. That's that's more like it. Yeah, and and when he's taking very few attempts like that, that that I think is a result of what the defense has done and they're finding a way to take take Boyan Bogdanovich out of the game. And maybe that's what we've learned from watching these small ball teams is they're finding a way to eliminate Boyan Bogdanovich from the Jazz offense. And you know, you, you could make an argument that Boyan might be the Jazz' most important offensive player. I mean, I, I certainly think his ability to consistently every night give you 20 points and do it basically always efficiently, even when he doesn't need you know a lot of actual ball in hand time. He, he just doesn't need to be in control of the ball. But he's going to score a lot pretty quickly. He, he might be the Jazz' most offensive player. Now, you could look at Rudy and say, no, his ability to set screens and, and put pressure on the rim is one thing, or Donovan Mitchell's ability to score 30 any given night is more. But what, what Boyan does, when it's gone, the offense grinds to a halt. And I think that's what we saw for those first four games coming out of the All-Star break. So having him back tonight especially, and then he was pretty good against Washington. He wasn't great, but he was pretty good against Washington. It's no surprise the Jazz have won those games. No, they need him. He's he's critical, very yep. very important, and you know especially as Mike Conley's kind of come and gone, he's been that consistent second scorer with Donovan Mitchell, and you know we talked about this all year last year, Ben. I mean Donovan's really really good, but he's he cannot do it himself. He needs help some nights, and um, you know Bogdanovich has certainly been that guy and has thrived in this Utah Jazz system. I know it's been controversial. Maybe Conley hasn't been a great fit in the system. Well, the system has been awesome for Bogdanovich, who's basically having the best season of his career. Yeah, no, including I, I think, last year. Yeah, absolutely, his best, the best season of his career. And you know, he had said he's usually better after the All Star break, and he had struggled so bad when he'd come back. It was a little surprising to him as well. So, getting his rhythm going is is uh, is really important. It's gonna it's gonna pay off for the Jazz because when Boyan plays well and Don. Donovan plays well, and Donovan didn't even have you know a crazy scoring night. He had some good stretches, but he only finished with what nineteen points. Yep. He didn't need to take over. Uh, when those two have it going, the Jazz can beat anybody in the NBA. Six Jazz players in double figures tonight. Uh, we mentioned Bogdanovich's 28, 20 from Rudy, and this was by far his best game in maybe a couple of months, as you pointed out a little earlier in the show, Ben. But Donovan Mitchell with 19, uh, Conley with 15, Royce O'Neal with 12, Clarkson with 13 uh, coming in off the bench. So, And, and George Yang had eight, so he was uh, a bucket away from double figures. I mean, it was just a really, you know, what we kind of more expect from this Jazz team where you've got a lot of different weapons and a lot of different guys who can do some damage. Yeah, uh, it's it's a nice all around attack, and it's it, it is 
it, it, it does trickle down a little bit when the Jazz can finally start to hit a, a couple of threes. I mean, it really does open up everything, I think, for everybody. You know, Royce O'Neal hits two threes to start the game. Uh, Rudy Gobert gets a lob in between those. Once that happens, and we've talked about this a lot, Jake, the five guys on the on the offensive in the offensive starting lineup. So you can put a lot of pressure on Donovan and try and take the ball out of his hands, and you can try and keep a man always glued to Boyan Bogdanovich so he doesn't get open threes, and you can chip Rudy Gobert to make sure he doesn't catch lobs, and then you can hope that Mike Conley, you know, you can contain him a little bit, but you can't stop everybody. And I named four players there, and I didn't name the fifth player, and that's Royce O'Neal. And when you're picking your poison against this Jazz offense, you're going to pick Royce O'Neal as your poison. You're, you're very willing to allow beat you. But he still shoots 40% from the three-point line. So when he hits those, you can break a defense. You know, we talk about the Jazz being broken. The Jazz can break opposing teams if Royce O'Neal hits shots because he should get open shots if the Jazz can find him. He just needs to knock them down. And when he knocks them down like he did tonight, the Jazz offense is really good. He's Jay Crowder of this year's yep. team, yep. Where, where teams are going to leave him open to shoot because, well, who would you Someone leave open to, to shoot? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you especially when Rudy is so effective like he was tonight, I mean, you've got to bring somebody down to help. Or if Donovan Mitchell is yeah. beating his guy. Someone's I mean, got to slide over. Right. And and who are you going to cheat off of? And it's going to be Royce O'Neal, and you're 100% right. If he can make open three-point shots, well, he's going to be deadly. That's yeah. just why, uh, I mean, it seemed like Jay Crowder was so important to the Jazz team last year because, frankly, when he was making shots, the Jazz were pretty darn good. And when he yep. was missing them, which was often, it yep. seemed, right. then they struggled because yep. he was the guy who was going to be open. Yep. It's, it's not a hard design. It's really not, you know. Well, with the Jazz offense, we know what it's supposed to look like. We know when it works. We know why it's going to work. And it worked tonight. And when it doesn't work, we, we know what's wrong. All right, Ben. Uh, up next for the Jazz, they have the Knicks. Uh, some final thoughts really from you on this one going into uh, a game in New York on Wednesday where the Knicks have actually won a game in yeah. a row. One I think they row. won two. Two in did a row. Did they beat Chicago the other night? Oh, you're right. They did. And so, now they beat the Rockets tonight, 125 to 123. Hottest team in the league, man? Well, I mean, that's a very good win. Beating Houston and young players only know how to do what is going right for them. You know, they, they only know what is happening to them currently. So, A, this Knicks team is going to be playing hard and probably playing pretty well because they've won two games in a row and they're going to believe that. So, don't fall into this trap that you fix things and you're going up against a bad team because clearly they can beat anyone on any given night. And that's really important for the Jazz to come in with that attitude. Uh, and hopefully they can do that. But also important for the Jazz, I think, to recognize that despite the things that Cleveland was able to do well, and again, those are the things that Jazz have been undone by in the last week since returning from the All-Star break, the Jazz can recognize that they can impose their identity and their will on teams. As much as other teams can do things to take the Jazz out of what they want to do, if the Jazz trust their identity and, and go with that, we know it's a winning identity, which is why they have almost got 40 wins already at this point in the right. season. The Jazz can impose their will on games, and I thought they did that tonight. They need to trust that they can do it and not worry so much about what the other team is doing. We want to say a big thanks to Lock and Boone. Terrific work from those two as usual. Thanks to the broadcast assistants on the broadcast tonight. Thanks to Adrian Leiser, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Thanks to uh, title sponsor of the post-game show, Mark Miller's Subaru. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller's Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. And, of course, thank you, Ben. Always fun hanging out with you. Very enjoyable. I'll see you uh, next Monday. Absolutely. And uh, keep an eye on kslsports.com, of course, for Ben's latest and greatest. Jazz beat the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight, 126-113. to 113. Up next, the New York Knicks coming up Wednesday night in in New York. That game will tip off at 5.30. Pre-game coverage begins at 4.30. And of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.